Welcome to Yes Catholic, the place where real people share their real stories and realize it is all God's grace on the move. I'm your host, David Patterson, and every week we hear a new guest share their story of how they came to give their yes to Jesus and his church. So let's get started. Tonight, I am super excited. We have Kristalina Everett in the house. Welcome, Kristalina. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, thank you for having me. This is great. Absolutely. So for those who don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we dive into the rapid fire? I know. That'll be fun. Uh, Christalina Everett, I am the co-founder of Chastity Project and the founder of Women Made New. I'm married to Jason Everett. I have uh, 11 children total, so my eight babies and then my three in heaven. And um, yeah, God has just blessed us and been really good. Amen to that. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit more with the rapid fire. Ready to tackle some of these questions? Let's go. All right. Describe yourself as a child in three words. I was horrible. <laughs> I was always hard. in trouble. You want three words? Those are three words. All right. I was hard. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, morning person or night owl? Uh, night owl trying to train to be a morning person right now. So I love that. I'm, I'm in that same boat. I know. Okay. If you could have any superpower. What would it be? To go back in time when it was uh, with Jesus. The time of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Just go Beautiful. time traveler. Let's do that. And I'd go be with Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Love that. Okay. Go to order at a coffee shop. Uh, just drip black straight coffee. I've trained myself so I can just have it anywhere and I have no problems. Okay. That's good. Okay. Go to short prayer. Going about your day. Uh, especially in difficult times, that quick little prayer is just, uh, Lord Jesus, be with me in this moment. Mm, I love that. Lord Jesus, be with me in this moment. Devil kind okay. of scatters when I say that out loud. I feel like it just kind of calms things down, even within myself. So it seems to be powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One of your favorite books of all time. Uh, a Canticle of St. John, the Spiritual Bridegroom um, of Christ. Okay. I know it's rapid fire, but I'm curious, like, why does it stand out to you so much? I love how he breaks every line down to me and really what the end game is, um, why we're here, what we're doing. And really it's so Trinitarian of how mm. God wants to embrace us. It's really not just Jesus, the bridegroom, but it's also, it's God, the father and the Holy spirit. It, it encompasses all of it of what Jesus really wants relationally with us. I think we always think of Jesus and we're very Eucharistic as Catholics, at least we're supposed to be with him at the center, but actually um, end game. I really think it's having that relationship with God, the father and the Holy spirit and Jesus um, being the ultimate, just bridegroom. And we are his spouse. Love that. Okay. If you could have coffee with any saint, who would it be? St. Therese Lisieux or St. Michael. Yeah. Any, yeah. any question you would ask St. Therese? You got your black coffee, you sit down. One thing ask? she wished she would have done while she was on earth, because she did so much spiritually. Mm. Is there anything that she wished she would have done that she did? Okay. And then St. Michael. Curious on that, too. <laughs> biggest weapon. What is, his, what is his biggest weapon? I think it's honestly humility. That seems to be the go-to, but it'd be nice to hear from him. <laughs> I think that's what he'd say, though. That's maybe, yeah. Humility is really the one thing the devil can't. I mean, he can't duplicate it. He can't be humble, and it's the one thing that takes him out. The Blessed Mother. I mean, that's really at the end of the day what 
what just she steps on his head, I think, with just her humility and her obedience. And sure. you can't have the, the two separate humility and obedience go together. You can't be humble without being obedient. You can't really be obedient to some without really having some sort of humility. Right. Mm. So, it's funny yeah. you bring that up because I'm in such a season of praying the litany of humility. I've been trying to pray it. I'm so day. scared of that prayer. I know people too. Are really I was scared of that prayer because it's no joke. That is like hard hitting, hitting like prayers there. I mean, it's kind of scary, but I probably really need to be saying that. Even though I do say prayers that have that and ask for that, but that prayer yeah. straight out is is business. So it, it's it's business for sure, but. It's kind of it's kind of helpful when the priest makes it your pe- your penance, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, I haven't done that for years, and it's like, well, you better get going. I'm like, okay, it's- right. I love the humility of trust. I think that's where I'm at right now in my spirituality is that hum- uh, that litany of trust, and um, that's really helped me a lot. Mm. And I love how you even spoke about obedience, and I think about Saint Joseph. You know how we just listened to the voice of God and did it. You know everything. It's actually everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last one. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? What is my purpose? What did you create me for? Like all encompassing. I just would love to know, like just that told to me instead of like going step by step, having to find it and going through challenges and trials, I would absolutely love to just hear that straight out from God, the father. And that'd be pretty amazing. But one day I'll hear that, but just not in this moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just that challenge of wanting to kind of have the high beams when we're driving in life, but we got to just take that next mm-hmm. trust, I guess. Right. Well, isn't that the end game though? Isn't that really what we're kind of striving for? And we want is to really, cause we're each made for something. Right. And a lot of people mm-hmm. out there don't really think about that. And I really believe a lot of people don't even live out of the gifts that God gave them. And, what God created them for. They're literally just missing it completely. And they're unhappy, they're miserable, but they were created for a very specific purpose, a plan that God has for them. And the closer you get to God and the more you listen to that voice that you just talked about and being uh, obedient and humble, you can slowly step into what God created you to be. But how sad to live your entire life and not step into that. That's the purpose of your life is to get close mm-hmm. to Jesus, obviously and get to heaven, but there's more than that. You know, it's so much more. And to just like shortchange yourself and just kind of go through life and go through the motions and just survive. It's like, no, 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 no. Your life is so much more. And there's a lot of people missing out because people don't want to just step up and show up to their own fight. Mm-hmm. And so if someone was listening right now, it was like, yeah, I kind of relate to that a little bit. I feel like I'm not stepping out. What kind of words of encouragement would you give to someone feeling that way? Listen, really, we think God left in the clouds and we're here all by ourselves and we're orphans. And like, how do I hear God? He's not there. And I go to church and it's boring. I check it off the list and they're not really alive to their own faith and kind of those promptings of the Holy Spirit. But I would challenge them that deep down, everybody hears the voice of God. And um, because a lot of times I don't hear him and I tell them, well, I don't believe you because you know, if you should be watching that or dating that person or in that job or sitting there watching something longer than you should have been or wasting, like deep down, we know right from wrong intrinsically through and through, we know 
We knew it at a young age. And I tell my kids that is your compass. If you listen, God will bless you and you will eventually, God willing, get to heaven. But we have to be obedient and humble because sometimes we don't want to listen. And there's times I went into adoration and I knew God was asking something. And I was like, no, I don't want it. No, like straight out. I didn't want to go to counseling. I didn't want to face a lot of things that he was asking me to. And I was scared. And it really stemmed from that fear. And we have to decide that are we going to show up to our own fight Are we truly going to listen to what God is asking us and step into what he created us for? And I feel like there's so much darkness in the world because people don't don't know how. But the thing is, they're looking on the outside of themselves when it's actually really on the inside. It's right there. If you just listen, but you're obedient, leave that party, dump the guy, get out of that state. If you're supposed to get out of that state and go back home, whatever it is. Your life would change. I think people's lives would change in a matter of a week if they listened every single time Jesus asked them to do something. Every time their conscience, like you need to call that person or you need to go to this place. You need to go to church today or go to confession. Mm -hmm. That person's life would completely change, I believe, overnight. I know mine did. And Mm -hmm. that's one of my New Year's resolutions is really try to listen. What is God asking? And without haste, just try to do it. Has it been difficult? Yes. But has my life changed? Wow. It's, it's incredible how your life changes and just the mindset and just like those old ways want to beat you down and pull you down, you know, and those vices. But when you're being obedient to God and you know, he's asking you to do something, it doesn't matter what the devil's taunting you with. It doesn't matter if family members are after you or making fun of you or your friends don't understand and are just being snotty, whatever it is at the end of the day, well, God's asking me and that's all that matters. And you go from there and God will protect you. He will overshadow you and all the devils in hell contempt you. But as long as you stay the course, God is going to be there. And I'm telling you, you will be blessed and you will have a grace filled life. Now, is it going to be hard that pruning that like the spirit and flesh like fight and you need to push through and say, no, I'm going to do this. I know what's right in my heart. But at the end of the day, you'll have such a happier life. Yeah. And I love how you brought up the importance of adoration, just to be able to sit, kind of like Mary, right? To sit at the Lord's feet and listen to him speak. And the healing that comes from that. I mean, I just went to adoration on Friday and there were probably about 100 young adults all praising God. And it was confession and adoration. And I'm telling you, like all that heavy weight that I was carrying was just I was just able to leave it at the feet of Jesus. It just disperses, right? Yeah. And the way that he just spoke was just incredible to my heart. It was like everything that I needed in that moment. Mm. And so just trusting, right, that he's going to speak. You know, there's something to be said about adoration. And right now in this Eucharistic revival that we're in, in the church, Jesus is calling all people to himself right now, Right. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. There are no excuses. I mean, God is calling you. And I don't care what sins or or what things have happened in the past, but um, to go to him, because I truly believe he wants everybody's undivided attention. And when you are in adoration, 
it's just you and the Eucharist, you know? And that is like, just, he's got you. There's no phones, there's no TV, there's no dinging on your computer in the background. You got to rush to it, you know? We're so trained on these devices and we just need to shut it off, shut it out and really just give some time to Jesus. And if you feel heavy, you feel overwhelmed, you're scared with what's happening in the world and you don't know what direction your life is going in and you're not happy. Well, I'm telling you, go to Jesus. He's calling you. He's calling everyone right now. And he will speak to your heart. He will heal you. He will strengthen you. He will give you everything that you need. And in that moment, there are times I go to adoration. I am so heavy and overwhelmed or upset with certain things that may be going on. And I'll go to Eucharistic adoration and I'll come out a different person. Like God really helps you work through things. And some people right now, well, you have that relationship with God. You've, you've done it for a while, you know, and it's just like, well, I always haven't. And it's just a matter of, again, showing up to that fight. And I'm going to keep saying that throughout the hour because it is a battle. It is a fight right now. And everybody knows, and the devil is not hiding anymore. And he's not hiding because he's not allowed and he's not hiding also because that's a weakness on the evil one's camp. He likes to be hidden in the darkness and the shadows, right? He's not allowed to hide anymore. It's pretty in everybody's faces and they can make their own decisions. Just, yep. just black and white right now. Right. Yep. And at the end of the day, um, God's got us and he's mm-hmm. not going to let anything happen to you that he is not going to be in there. And there was a part in the canticle that I read. I loved. And it said that, Even in those dark times, Jesus concealed himself in that darkness, but he was still right there with you. Mm -hmm. And even those times before my conversion, when I was in those clubs and drugged out and just still hearing that voice of God within me, just leave, go, don't do this. Just don't go there. Like I still heard those small whispers and no matter What I did, I could not shut the voice up. I wanted to. I tried everything and I couldn't. And deep down, God is still speaking to all of us, even in our sin. So he is pursuing you no matter where you're at. He's just trying to call you out of that for a greater purpose and plan that he has. Yeah, absolutely. And just to briefly share, I mean, being at the adoration on the Friday night, I was after going to confession, I was, I was in prayer and I realized that I was mid praying the rosary, you know, with a life with kids, right? Yeah. Well, your mind's all over. I'm sorry. I use a crutch and I use an app. So then that way it's like, it's, it keeps me on task. Right. Sometimes like the first mystery is on the way to hockey. And then the second mystery is like on the way home from hockey, you know, like yeah. you just, you get the rosary in sometimes, but I was in adoration and I remembered that I was, about to have to pray the carrying of the cross. And so I closed my eyes Mm -hmm. and I just had this image of me carrying the cross and just struggling. Right. And I invited Jesus to be with me. And when, when I invited him in my prayer to be with me, I thought that he was going to help me carry the cross. But in that moment of prayer, he took the cross right off of me and put it on his shoulders. Wow. And he was like walking towards Calvary. I was just Mm -hmm. so surprised. Right. But, as he was walking away, he almost turned to look at me and nodded like, I'm doing this for you. And it was just such a moment of mm-hmm. prayer, right? Of where he was just saying, like, give what you're carrying to me. 
it was just everything I needed in that moment. So he's faithful. Yeah, very grace filled. He's speaking to his people right now. And yeah. it's not that anyone's unworthy that he won't. It's just, we're not taking the time maybe to do it and give him the full attention he's asking for of us. Right. Absolutely. Well, this was the intro. I'm already fired up by, by your talking. Sorry, we're kind of like all over, but hey. That's amazing. Let's, uh, let's ask our lady to intercede uh, for tonight, and then we will uh, get you to share your story. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Therese of Lisieux. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friend, let's dive right in. Where's your story begin? Um, I will try to rapid fire myself, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot. Sure. But basically, I came from a broken family. And um, I really gravitated towards my grandfather, who I really looked up to. But he ended up leaving my grandmother Um And that was really hurtful and hard for me. But I think at that age of 11 um, and just anyone that I love seemed to be gone or leave. And I didn't understand. But what I did learn is that love didn't last. So I took that kind of into high school. And at the age of 15, I ended up um, losing my virginity and getting into a lot of just slowly just bad relationships. Right. And I thought he loved me. But then He cheated on me. And I want everyone to hear this when I say this. Everybody knows when they're being used. You may want to ignore it, deny it, not believe it, um, distract yourself. But at the end of the day, I knew I was. But I just didn't know how to turn my life around. And that goes for a lot of different stages, I think, in people's lives. You just get in this rut and you're in sin and you go further than you ever thought you were going to go. And then you don't recognize yourself anymore. And it's just like, how did this happen? Right. And those little itty bitty compromises that I made over time was like death by a thousand cuts. Right. And that's really what happened to me. And in the end, I hated myself. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror without disgust. And I didn't know how to get out of it though. So I did what I knew best. And I put the lipstick on, I shoved it down and I wore a mask and I felt like I lived in Halloween, but everyone thought I was so happy and popular and just doing my thing. But it was horrible. And having such a duplicitous life of going to church in front of my mom or pretending I'm going to confession and practically lying to the priest, you know, and then going to church and just kind of checking that off and then going and partying all weekend. Um, after a while, my mother tried everything. And then there was this guy who had, um, there was doing this mission trip and my mom said, I want you to go. It was basically a chastity talk. And I was like, I'm not listening to some dork talk about sex. You know, it's so funny. That's what we do. And I was like, no, but I went, I didn't want to lose my car. And he pierced the darkness that I was in that nobody in my life could. And he got up and he talked about all the drugs, all the porn, all the girls, everything they had been into. And I felt like he grabbed my hand out of the audience and he was walking through my life basically. But what I saw in him that was just so jarring and I wanted it more than anything is he wasn't ashamed of himself. And I couldn't remember a single day that I started living that lifestyle that I wasn't ashamed of myself. And I wanted that. And I thought, well, what's the difference? And after that, I really turned my life around. And 
there really is something to be said about everybody's own testimony to the world. Like you don't know how you can change someone's life by just doing what God asked you to do in a moment, right? And he got up and he did his testimony and my life literally was forever changed because he said yes to God. And that day I said yes to God because of his courage, because of his yes. And this being yes, Catholic, yes, it's major. That little word can break chains on people and you don't realize your actions are everything. And I know one day, and I pray for that guy, let me tell you, but I went to confession. I turned my life around and I ended up going to a chastity, I don't know, training conference, but it was in the Bahamas. So I was like, I was down to go, you know, I didn't really necessarily want to be a chastity speaker, but I knew I wasn't hearing that message anywhere else that you could turn your life around. You can start over. God can make you new. And I really experienced some of that. Right. And especially in my confession, that was everything. And for those of you that haven't been to confession in a really long time, it's time. Like, what are you waiting for? God is waiting for you. And there's nothing you can go in there and say that will shun you, that will shame you, that will run you out of there and you never want to come back. It is honestly the peace you're longing for is on the other side of that door. And don't let the devil lie to you and keep you hostage in fear or let someone else's sins that maybe were done to you keep you in that prison because God has so much more. And confession, I heard an extra say is like a mini exorcism (laughs) and I get it. But, um, go to confession because there's nothing more important than being right with God. And um, they have them every Saturday all over the country. So I ended up, I went to confession, turned my life around. I met Jason actually at that conference in the Bahamas. That's where we met. um, And he was the speaker and we just became friends and I never knew, but it was honestly when I was focusing on God, I wasn't always like looking for my significant other, right? Because there was a time in my life where I was really obsessed with finding that significant other in order mm-hmm. to feel significant, right? Yeah. And um, I, I had to like put a stop to it and be like, I'm not dating for a year because it's dangerous. And just, I had to just shut it down because I knew I wasn't healed enough that I could and have a healthy relationship. Because when I tried, it just wasn't healthy. So there's just this time where I feel you really have to give to God. And once you right order your relationship with God and where he belongs in your life, which is front and center, if you can do that, once you find that significant other, you won't push God to the side because you know where he belongs. And that's almost at the center. And then that significant other should come and complement that. And you serve God together versus him coming and bulldozing your relationship with God out of the way. And it's all about that person, right? So if you can write order that and to a certain extent, that's where I was. And I found Jason, Well, we found each other. And then um, we ended up being friends and then we courted and got married. And not too long after that, I was pregnant and pretty much pregnant and having kids ever since then. And we've been married for 22 years. (laughs) So, yeah. But in that time we were speaking, I was doing a lot for chastity project and that just kind of exploded and work for Catholic Answers. But after a couple years of marriage, and I think three kids in, I really was struggling. And I was having a really hard time. I was really angry and 
there was just a lot. I wasn't comfortable. I basically wasn't comfortable in my own skin anymore. And I couldn't figure out why, you know, I was going to counseling. Um, I didn't go to counseling yet. Actually, I was going to adoration. I was going as far as I could with God. And I was just so confused and angry. There was just a lot happening. And I told Jason this and <laughs> he wraps his arms around me. He says, Oh, well, you're just under construction right now. It's okay. <laughs> it's just such a guy thing and a Jason thing, but you know what? That was the truth. I really was under construction and God asked me to go to counseling and I didn't want to because I thought crazy people went to counseling and my upbringing was, well, you don't pay people to talk to you about your problems Mm -hmm. and you don't do that. And only like really mentally ill people go to counselors. So I didn't want to go and like you, it's, it's humbling, right? You have to be obedient when God asks you to do something. And so I finally did it. But I thank God because I made so much sense in that moment to myself when I was going to counseling and just kind of peeling things away and facing all of those wounds and ripping the band-aids off of years of things, right? Mm -hmm. But there was a specific moment where I found out and it kind of all came to fruition that I was sexually abused as a child and really just some serious things that happened. And it was one of the hardest moments of my life, but also it was one of the most enlightening moments of my life because I actually made sense to myself for the first time, right? I understood why I did certain things. I understood why I give the love the way I did or receive love or couldn't do certain things. Or I made so much sense for once, you know, it all the puzzle pieces came together. And from that point on, I was able to do my healing process and I learned so much, but I became very Eucharistic. I was already Eucharistic beforehand, but I really became very Eucharistic. And it was hard for me to go to Jesus in the Eucharist because I saw Jesus as a man and I was hurt so badly by men. I was like, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus as a man, but Jesus in the Eucharist, I could handle. It really disarmed me and my wounds. So I'd go to counseling and then I would go sit in the back of an adoration chapel And I would ball, I would just have at it, just be angry, whatever was going on. I really was giving it to Jesus. And he really walked through that horrific process with me. I mean, I mean, in the depths of that darkness. And there were only some places that Jesus could go and heal me. And I'll, I'll be very honest that there were even times in adoration where I memories would come back and just like, I can't believe this is happening right now and adoration. And it was just so, uh, I don't remember what those were because God was healing me. He really is that spiritual physician. And I felt like he was doing surgery on me and just getting rid of that yuck and that residue, you know, and he will do that because you think, Oh, how can I ever change? How can this ever happen? But Jesus can do anything. There's nothing you can bring to him. He's like, Oh no, that one's just that for me. You know, He's almighty God and he loves you and created you and he is going to heal you, but he's also going to restore you and strengthen you and give you those gifts and talents and things that maybe were pushed away or pushed aside or taken and give you something just unbelievable that you never thought you could have. Now, am I fully healed? No, of course I'm not. The journey. I am not what I was and the battles that I fought and overcame. And those are the things that you should not forget. The evil one wants you to forget your victories that you have had over him, 
the times where you've overcome and that you've kind of gotten rid of those vices or you got rid of that relationship or that boyfriend or that habit or that addiction, you remember those moments because those are the moments where you were just grace filled and God was with you and that you conquered that and you can do it again. Even though you may feel weak in your life right now or you're getting beat up, God wants to bless you and give you that same just strength and grace in your life. But we have to keep showing up because I have battles now. I have I have things coming at me now, but I feel equipped to a certain extent to deal with them as where I was just getting eaten alive. So through that is where Women Made New kind of just came from is that great suffering. And um, I had to find out different articles. I wanted to read read things, go to podcasts, listen to things just to heal. And as I was going through this, if other people had gone through it, but the Catholic church really didn't have like a hub where you can go and like, okay, these are the good things. These are the good counselors. These are the things you should be listening to. These are the books. Um, so I saw a need and I just created it. And because I know what it's like to be so vulnerable and those women are going through so much. The last thing you need to do is search through to see, well, is this going to be good for me or not? Is this going to affect me? This couldn't have things that could bring me backwards. And um, it was terrible having to sift through the stuff that I didn't want any other woman doing that, especially in such vulnerability in that time. So I kind of just put it all together. And really, that's where Women Made New just kind of stemmed from that. And here we are. So it's really grown and God has blessed me. And um, I've done a lot of really good work with EWTN and just helping women all over the world. Praise God for that. Mm -hmm. I think just backing up a little bit on you sharing your journey of healing, there's something to say about facing it and being able to bring all of it to light. Like I remember- Face it, own it, and heal it, right? That's on my website. Like face it, own it, heal it. It's, It's true. Yeah, but it takes courage to do that. Mm-hmm. to be willing to go there, right? It's it's not just, I would say courage. It's a holy courage because yes. it's Thank a scary thing me. and the evil one lives in our wounds. And a lot of these things and these really scary, horrible, horrific things that have happened to women, and it seems like it's happened to a lot of women, um, the devil's there really beating you up, holding you hostage almost. Mm-hmm. Of you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're you're filthy, you're damaged goods, nobody wants you, um, you can't do anything, you're broken, and what are people going to think of you, and you need to be ashamed, and you do carry this shame and this weight, and just, oh, and then so much stems from that in regards to your vices and how you live, because you're living out of the wound, and because you associate yourself so much with it, you don't realize what's happening to you. Um And that's not who you are. And when the devil is beating you down with all of those lies, right, on a daily basis, that demonic dialogue that doesn't ever seem to go away, Mm -hmm. you have to realize that um, you don't have to take any of that on. And that in that moment, Emily Wilson gave me the best advice of just saying, Jesus, tell me the truth. Jesus, I like that. So, Whenever there is something that comes to me or I'm overwhelmed, I literally have to stop because sometimes you're so in the moment and you're so emotional and there's so much coming at you, right? You have to really train yourself to kind of battle and be like, just stop and like, Jesus, you tell me the truth. 
Jesus, you tell me who I am. Jesus, you tell me if I'm smart enough. Jesus, you tell me if I'm good enough. You tell me if I'm loved. And really he does. When you call upon him, he is there. He's he he's all in. People don't realize Jesus is all in for you and you alone. And he will help you if you're there, you're open, and you're really striving to live that good, holy life, which most people watching this probably are. He is all in. And if you ask him, he will help you. And he helps me in that moment because there was so much beating me down. But just Jesus, tell me the truth because the devil can't stand Jesus and he can't stand truth and he flees. So then you could really decipher, well, what's really mine and what's really not. But if you have to heal and you have stuff in the past, don't be naive to think like I was for so many years to think it's not going to affect your marriage or your kids or your workplace or your friendships or anything else. Like that's a lie and it will, and it has to be dealt with. And if you are single right now, take this time. You've got a gift in the time. Cause once you meet that significant other and you start having kids and getting this and finding your mission and your there's not a lot of time. And the time that people have even being single, they don't realize how precious and important that time is right now. So I really speak to the singles out there of don't get into this woe is me and on all these dating websites and like, I need to find this person and just always like out looking, looking. No, it's on the inside and God is speaking, calling you, pursuing you, asking you to come to him, give him time and he will show you. But I think there's a lot of fear in that because you kind of have to just give away that control you have in your life. But honestly, are you really in control? Probably not. I wasn't either. So yeah, to take that time to say, speak Lord. Mm -hmm. Listening. Just listen. That's really the thing. Yeah. Definitely the theme. Mm -hmm. In regards to uh, women made new, you want to speak to the learning series? Yes. Well, I have the women made new book, which was unbelievable. Um, And that's really interesting because I was bedridden and I I had a really tough pregnancy and something happened to my back and it was just really bad. And I literally, it was at seven months, almost eight months where I was just completely bedridden and I couldn't move. It was terrible and nobody knew. And I didn't want to tell anybody, you know, I was just very private. And um, there are times where you are crying to God and there's times where you're crying out to God. Right. And that was a moment where I was crying out to God. Just, I can't even believe this. I'm going to have a baby. We just moved to Arizona and here I am bedridden. It was horrible. And I embraced that cross in my relationship with God. And in that time, I actually had a dream. And in that dream, I saw rows and rows and rows and rows of women with their back to me. And I saw this black shadow swooping in and out of these rows of women And as he was swooping by them, they were just throwing something behind their back without looking. All these things were flying over my head. And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? You know, and I turned around and there was this dead, desolate desert there. And all these things were falling down almost like on wet sand, it sounded like. And they were the most magnificent gems of different kinds that I have ever seen. And then all of a sudden the sand would come up and swallow these gems. And it's like, they were never there. And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I heard back um, a voice say, those are the gifts and talents 
and virtues that I have given women in their vocation. And they are giving them, throwing them away and giving weight to the world. Then I heard, go find the gems and give them back to the women. And then I woke up and I was like, where are the gems? Like I literally said it out loud. I was like, where are the gems? Where? And I'm like, Jason, you know, like, come here. And he comes in like, I'm ready to give birth, you know, like freaking out what's happening, you know? And I'm like, and I told him what happened. And he's like, well, we're going to pray about that. Okay. That's how he's very, we're very different. He's like, we're going to pray about that. And I said, pray about that. Oh, you know, and so he kept praying, but over time, I, I just kept thinking about that. And then slowly I had this idea because I feel like there's a lot of competition in the church um, amongst people, amongst women, people are very territorial. Um, and I have no time for it because if we're really going to defeat the enemy in the way that's coming at us, we mm -hmm. have got to help each other, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's just childish nonsense not to be able to do that and do it freely with the things that God has given us freely. And so with that being said, I went to adoration and I prayed of just, just maybe 12 women that have really good ministries that can help women if they've had abortion or eating disorders or struggle with unforgiveness or just the state of their life or divorce or sexual abuse or spiritual warfare, whatever it is. I wanted these women to be able to help other women that maybe I couldn't and that their ministries would resonate um, and help them because they'd have a whole thing for these hurting women. And so I got a list of 12 women. I really went to adoration. I felt like Jesus really kind of gave me the list. Mm -hmm. And I had this like um, pen drop moment, literally, because the last one I wrote down was Mother Angelica. And I'm like, no way. I'm just like, that's not, how does that even happen? Right? What is that about? But I said, okay. And literally within, I think a week, EWTN contacted me out of nowhere and asked if I had any books I was thinking about writing um, that they may think about publishing. And literally I told her my whole thing. I kind of got this as a pie of just these women, each writing one chapter, whatever it is God put on their heart. And if they could tell women one thing and give them advice, what would that be? Especially with the things that they've overcome and they approved it. And I called all the women and Catherine Hadro is one of the women. And she actually said to me on the phone, well, Kristalina, what do I write about? And she, she, I just said, well, you have to go to adoration and Jesus will give you that gem that he wants you to tell women. And as soon as I said that, I knew I was like, oh my gosh, I'm collecting the gems. I felt like I was collecting the gems. Yeah. And so honestly, that's just how I interpret that. But that's wow. how the women made new book came what a vivid, out, right? What a vivid dream though. It was intense, but you know what really just tripped me out? Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> My son, Joseph, the other day, um, he said to me, he said, well, mommy, you know, that dream you had, like, I don't know where he says this, you know, that dream you had and I yeah. said, about the gems, I think. And I said, yeah, Joseph. And he says to me, he says, well, mommy, you know, you're not done collecting them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I literally stopped in my tracks and I was like, what? What, what? what do you mean? I'm not done collecting. Like, why would you say that, Joseph? I said to him, he's like, I don't know. Weren't there a lot of them? And you only got 12 in your book. And I was like, I'm going to pray about that. Thank you, Joseph. You know, and I talked to him further, but it was kind of out of nowhere. So I was like, hmm. 
there's something to be said about that. But with yeah. this book, um, Mother Angelica actually has two chapters in here. I was allowed to go to Mother Angelica's just all of her old archive whiteboard shows and just things that have never been put in writing. Mm -hmm. And then also it did so well and it resonated with women that they ended up turning it into an online learning series. So I printed out here so people can see oh, mm -hmm. the learning series and it actually has a study guide that goes with it. But there are eight videos that break down all the chapters and the different contributors in the book are on the videos just really talking you through each chapter because some of this stuff's really heavy and hard and it's not always easy to face yeah. but at the same time it's easier to do it in the privacy of your own home um mm -hmm. and just to kind of start your healing process and mother angelica really wanted free good catholic content for people and that's exactly what this is. It's completely free. There are no strings attached. You, and they even made a learning app for it. So you can wow. download it in your phone and you can do it right there in the privacy of your own home. You go to a coffee shop, put your ear pod in or even go to adoration like I've done and just put your ear pod in and just sit there and listen with Jesus and go from there. But it's just another tool of Women Made New and now EWTN to just help women in their journey and their healing and starting over and stepping in to what it is God has created you to be. It's That's such a major thing right now. And why wouldn't you want to step into that? Why wouldn't any person want to step in to the mission and purpose that they were actually created and put on this earth for right now because there is so much darkness mm -hmm. and something that when I was in adoration, it was really interesting. I was really going through a lot and spiritually, and I felt I heard Jesus say in my heart, you have to learn to utilize your light within being submerged in the darkness. Now that's going to resonate with some people. Some people won't understand it, but there is so much darkness that we are submerged in <laughs> in our daily lives, in this culture, in the world, on our phones, just interaction with people. It's just like, whoa, what is happening right now? Yeah. But if we can learn to utilize the light that God gave us, like I, Kristalina, am Jesus' light. You are Jesus' light. Mm -hmm. Sam and John and Terry and Jody, you are Jesus' light. Everyone watching there is something you have to give and that a lot of people are missing out. And so are you by not embracing what you're called to be and do in this life. Yeah. Jesus says you are the light of the world. And we have to like take that literally on right now because we see the darkness. We know it's kind of encroaching right now. Right. And um, we're not helpless. We are not helpless. And if we truly believe as Catholics that that is Jesus in the Eucharist, mm -hmm. we need to start acting like it. We yeah. need to start acting like Jesus is here right now with us. The King of Kings, the most powerful weapon on earth right now against all of this evil is Jesus himself. And he is here with us. But yeah. we have to have that faith. We have to believe it. And we have to start living and acting like it. Amen. So I ask this question to every guest every single okay. week. Kind of, I'm asking it. What is your hope for the future of our church? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What is your hope for the future of our church? That everybody would become Eucharistic and truly believe in the real presence. And what do you think that would look like? 
How can we get going to adoration, people doing what they know God is asking them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's easier to say yes, to do what God's calling you to do. And those promptings of the Holy Spirit, if you Mm -hmm. actually are relational with Jesus, he's not just a check on Sundays that you do, or you just put them in a box and then you kind of go and live your life and it's separate. He wants to be intertwined in your faith. And the way you live should be intertwined in everything that you do. Now you're like, Oh my gosh, my life is so bad. Or I'm in, I'm doing all of these things or I'm in a really broken relationship and my life does not look Eucharistic. Well, when Jesus was here, I mean, his life didn't look holy and like he was the Messiah and that he was the King of Kings and the third person in the Trinity. Nobody thought that, but he was, mm-hmm. and you may doubt yourself and you may doubt who you are and what, what if God can even use you because you, maybe you have been living a life of sin and you are in, in sin right now, but at the end of the day, God's bigger and he's calling all people, like I said to himself and just listening. And I'm telling you, everyone's life can change just little by little, but it can happen. Amen. Well, on that note, Christine, I just want to thank you so much for your yes to Jesus and his church. It was just such a gift to be able to, to hear you share your story and the way that God was able to move. Um, and I love that moment of that. Yes. Where someone shared their testimony, you know, and it just spoke directly to everything that you're going through. And you had that moment of like, Jesus, I say yes to you. I love that. If people want to connect and learn more, how can they do that? Probably Instagram um, is the best place. And then you go to womenmadenew.com. You can go on EWTN. I have a weekly uh, podcast, radio show, and um, the learning series. So all of those avenues would be good. But everyone's different and where they're at (laughs) and with electronics and just different ages of people. So it just depends where they want to go. Amazing. Well, on that note, would you be willing to close us in prayer tonight? And thank you again. It was just such a blessing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your yes. So from the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Mother Mary, we all place ourselves before the throne of God with you. And I ask you to wrap your heavenly mantle around all of us and give us the courage to listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit to be obedient in what God is asking us to do. Um, And all of those people that may be living in fear, to give them strength and grace and to give them hope in their lives right now, Mother Mary. We love you and we thank you. And we do all of this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the ministry, please share with others, post about it on social media, or please leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest stories, you can follow us on Instagram at yes.catholic and visit our website, yescatholic.com. If you have benefited from Yes Catholic, please consider joining our Patreon community. Visit patreon.com slash yescatholic. I would like to thank our current patrons for your ongoing prayers, support, and contributions that have helped Yes Catholic reach thousands of souls all over the world each week. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. You have a story. Don't be afraid to share the good news of how Jesus Christ has moved in your life with a family member, friend, or colleague. Give Jesus your yes every single day and watch the ripple effect of the gospel. Join us next week. The journey continues right here at Yes Catholic.